0: God, praise God. You may be seated. Appreciate all of you being in the house of the Lord, and I know that's how you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, is just start letting praises rise from the inside, and as you begin to open up to the Spirit of the Lord, the Lord will flow through you, and that's what why Jesus came. That's why there was the gospel. The good news was the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's an important part, the resurrection of Jesus. And that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is able to quicken our mortal bodies, touch us, and uh, to change us. So we're thankful that you are here, and uh, we're glad that all of you are in the house of the Lord. I'm going to kind of continue a little bit talking about the gospel because it's the good news. And um, I started last week uh, talking about uh, why, what is the good news. And of course, we uh, understand that uh, the good news is uh, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord. And I'm glad we are growing apostolic legacy. And so, what is the good news? Well, it's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And the death is uh, uh, what we can experience personally is repentance. Burial, being buried in in the name of the Lord Jesus for remission of your sins, and then the resurrection which is the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I I, I started this because I'd been talking about the law and Moses and all of those struggles. And I know uh, that was uh, several weeks ago, but talking about things that we struggle with today. And uh, whether it's God or worship or mouth or time or authority or my peace or my purity or my integrity or (laughs) however truth or contentment because we are are bombarded with us uh, 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 feelings uh, in and spirits and emotions and feelings of you know uh, uh, they they even have new psychological terms that they've come out with and uh, uh fomo F- O-M-O, fear of missing out because you get on Facebook or you get on Twitter or whatever it is and you feel like everybody else is having fun and everybody else is doing good and, and so you can develop some anxiety and uh, feelings of I'm uh, I'm not content and I, uh, I I don't feel good about my job I don't feel good about my life I don't feel good about my husband my wife my kids my grandkids whatever it is fill in the blank, and I I feel uh, discontented, and and we've all battled all of those kinds of things, and yet we know that if you fail in one portion of the law, you're guilty of the whole law. You can say, well, I haven't actually taken a gun and shot people up on the streets of of Sacramento, but uh, I have, um, you know, if I would have had lightning bolts in my car and could have thrown some, not you, I'm talking about me. you know I might have been guilty of uh, doing more than uh, just slapping somebody. If I'd have had a lightning bolt, I might have made ashes out of them just Bam, I mean, maybe you've never felt that kind of whatever, you know but uh, that sense of murder. And so we, we read that, and we got to talking last week, uh, Sunday night, about Galatians uh, where we said, uh, he said, uh, I am a debtor to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. And then he goes on to say, uh, I do not frustrate the grace of God. The, the kindness of God, and uh, last Sunday, I, Brother Gators helped me, and I showed sort of leaning on Him, and I recognizing that. The love of Christ, as Paul said, constrains us, keeps us. And in this hour, it's feeling that love and knowing that love. And last Sunday night, I I talked about the story in Luke, the seventh chapter, where a woman who knew she was a sinner, she knew that Jesus was going to be there, and she went and got the alabaster box, and she came back in, and she began to break the alabaster box and wash his feet with her tears and I know my wife, as I mentioned last uh, Sunday evening, has uh, written the song. We have a uh, we have a statue that my folks commissioned in Israel and made out of uh, Jerusalem stone on the bottom, and a, an Israeli uh, artist that did the. We have it in our foyer on a the counter there of of this woman uh, breaking this box and and making this. Uh, the sins of her uh, worship to Jesus. Why? Because she knew she was wrong. She knew she had been forgiven because Jesus proclaimed it publicly. This, Though her sins are many, she's been forgiven. And, and in fact, it's so infuriated, you read in Luke, that The 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 Pharisees and the scribes and those that were around, because their first question was, "Who is this that can forgive sins?" It wasn't, "Wow, that's wonderful." They didn't feel good about it, but they were questioning how she could forgive her sins could be forgiven, and then of course her willingness to give everything up her most prized possession and why that was so important. Now this was a lady that knew she was a sinner. There are people in the Old Testament and in the New Testament that didn't even know they were a sinner. That's even harder to get to somebody because if you're a pretty decent person and you lived a pretty decent life, you know, how do I convince you that you're a sinner, and that you need to lean on the righteousness of Christ and get into Christ. That was the case in Isaiah, who the man was there, and you know, he was a fairly good Jew, and he said, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, and what was his first response? Woe is me. A woe is me, I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. Anybody have that testimony? Maybe? Not us, but I'm just saying, you know, and what I, you know, like to hear is, well, I don't say as much as they say, and I don't talk about He said, And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphims or uh, the angelic host came with a live coal that he had taken with tongs off the altar, laid it on my mouth, and said, And lo, touch my lips, and thine iniquity is taken away. Thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. What are you saying? All the way back in the Old Testament, a man, a prophet, got a glimpse of the Lord, high and lifted up, and immediately, the response was, woe is me, I am a sinner. And when we think of Easter, when we think of what Jesus did, and we think of why he shed his blood. My first response ought to be, woe is me. I need you, Lord. I, I am a sinner. Of course, Isaiah got a coal and he got his lips touched. That's why I guess we get the Holy Ghost. Isaiah was the one that said with stammering lips and another tongue, will he speak to his people saying this is the rest? And you say, well, I don't want it to flow through my most unruly member. I'm telling you, there are a lot of days I needed to talk in tongues a whole lot more than I do. Because it's easy to get that little rudder trying to turn the ship in a wrong direction. Huh? Think about it, trying to get me frustrated, anxious, worried, fearful, mad, when I need to be blessing the Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. <laughs> Isaiah responded to this call by saying, Lord, I'm willing. It immediately changed his life, just like uh, the the Mary broke was willing to give her best isaiah was saying i'm willing to do anything lord the lord said who's gonna go here i am send me i want to tell you something if you don't submit your will to the lord when you go well i i don't think i need that i don't think i i don't i don't think i i don't feel i i i You haven't truly gotten a good glimpse of the Lord. Because when you see the Lord, you're going to say, Lord, whatever you need, whatever you want me to do, I want to do it. In fact, the New Testament counterpart of that was, of course, Saul, or we call him later Paul. His name was changed. But he was a Jew that thought he was doing good. In fact... He wasn't bad at all. He kept the law to the best of his ability. He didn't understand the teaching of Jesus that brought it to a whole new level yet. As far as he knew, in fact, he wrote. He said in Philippians, when he was talking about himself, he said, concerning the law or touching the law, I was totally blameless I have never been covetous I have never, I have never stolen. I have never lied. I have never borne false witness. I've never fudged the truth. I have always honored my parents. I have never done anything. That's, that would be, I don't want to raise your hand if you've, I couldn't write that. And yet, Paul prided himself in the fact that he was perfect, blameless. But you remember Acts, the ninth chapter. What happened to Paul? Saul? He's on the way to Damascus, he's fixing to murder some more Christians. He was zealous. He had letters. He could get rid of these followers of Christ. And all of a sudden the light, bam, knocked him down. And he said, who art thou, Lord? And that voice said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Paul didn't persecute Jesus, but he was touching The people that follow Jesus. I want you to understand when any you think, you know, I don't know if the Lord knows where I am. I don't know if the Lord knows what I'm going through. He knows exactly where you are and what you're going through. He knows how many hair you have on your head. And when you mess with us, you're messing with Jesus. You don't think it's ironic as we were told by the Masons who family or is in Ukraine that uh, that they have checked with all the people of their church and not one of the people that are been in their church have been hurt or killed in Ukraine and I know tomorrow they could all be wiped out I'm not I'm not saying that living for god you're totally protected from here on out in life but i'm telling you that the lord is still in control of my birthday and my departure day and there's not anything not cancer not war nothing that will take me out of here before it is my time to go that's how great god is he said i do those things that were gained to me Now I count them as loss to Christ. I have suffered the loss of all things for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In fact, he says, I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, refuse. Why? That I might win Christ and be found where? Where? In him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God (laughs) by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. That's why we talk about the Holy Ghost. That's why we encourage you to open yourself up and let, let it, the, spirit flow from the inside. Why? Because we we understand that's the resurrection power that got Jesus up from the grave. And if you want to really know him, you wait till you get him in you. You may say, well, I know about him. I know I have read about him. But when he starts coming, flowing through you, you will experience a power like you've never experienced before. You will experience resurrection glory, power, you say, well, I don't know that I need it. I'm telling you, the nearer we get to the coming of the Lord, we're going to need more and more of the Lord to make us help us to get through a day. And he says that I may know him, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead not as though I've already attained or am already perfect, but I follow after if I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. In other words, he says, I want to catch hold of what the, why the Lord caught a hold of me. And then he goes on to say, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forget those things that are behind reach forth unto the things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You see, Saul got knocked down, but he knew he was a sinner. At some point when he knocked down, he would recognize, you know what? I'm not all that I thought I was. I need God. And when he got up, he was willing to suffer the loss of everything. And I... That's why Paul would say so strongly, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice. What are you saying? I have to be willing to say, Lord... Here, I want you to have everything. I want you to take total control of my life. Oh, I'm willing to give him a little bit. I'm willing to give him a little time on Sunday. I'm willing to give him a little, I'll read his Bible a little bit. I'll read his word, but am I willing to totally fall into the gospel message, he said, "This is our reasonable service." You see, gospel enemy, gospel good news enemy one is self righteousness. And, and what do I mean by that? And 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 most of us will say, "Well, I'm not self righteous. I know I'm bad." But you know what? We will fall into. We'll fall into the trick of trying to figure it all out for myself. I can I, I can handle this. I oh this has happened. I need to do this. I need my first response needs to befall on the righteousness of Almighty God. Not by my might, nor by my power, but by His Spirit. What are you saying? I got, a, I got a medical condition. I should go to the doctor. Sure, but before you go to the earthly doctor, go to the heavenly doctor. Say, Lord, you know what's going on in my body. You're able to open... Why? Because I, my first response is not on what I can do about it. Yes. What he can do about it. You say, well, I, you know, immediately I get worried. Immediately I get, I understand. What Paul earlier said, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness... Israel is ignorant of God's righteousness. Go about trying to establish their own righteousness. Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. What are you saying? We ought to feel so blessed that it's not about who we are, but it's about who he is. What do you mean? I mean the very fact that I have approval from God. That's favor. David read the story of Joseph saying he had found favor. Oh, the very fact What I am favored by God, that he would baptize me with his spirit. What a privilege that is. Not only do I have access, approval. I have access. I have fellowship into his presence. I don't care how lonely you are. I don't care how isolated COVID's made you feel. What what you can be at home. You can be here in the middle of service. You can feel so alone and all of a sudden if you will just lean on that bookend and you will plunge yourself into the righteousness of God. You can just drop back and feel his arms wrap around you as you say Lord all of a sudden I am not alone I have the presence of almighty God flowing through me you say well I feel I don't have any friends I don't have any oh what a friend we have huh you say well yes but everybody oh the acceptance the communion. I know we have a community of believers, our church, but you know what? There's a community of believers, and I I, I get amazed, you know, whether it's people in, in Singapore or the Philippines or Australia, somebody puts something on Facebook or somebody that we know of contacts. There is a feeling, that longing there. I want to pray. I feel a community. But even greater than that, I feel that community of being with him, fellowshipping, sitting down at the table, eating with the Lord. That's why, and it, you, I hope you do it, but that's why I pray before every meal. That's why I say, Lord, you know, bless this food. I want, I, I want it to be, guess who's eating with me? Huh? That's why I pray in the morning. Guess who I want to go with me on the job? That's so why I pray sometimes during the day, Lord, what, am, what are you doing? Because I, I, I'm a part, he's part of my family. Not only community, but eternal life, acceptance, admittance into heaven, appropriation for daily provisions, or Lord, give us this day our sustenance. What a privilege it is. You know, you say, and you may have never had to do this yet. And I, I, we've been blessed. But my wife will tell you there have been times that we've faced bills and we've faced situations. I've said, I don't know where it's going to come from. Oh, Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And the Lord opened the door, make the way. Anybody testify that that's happened to them? Oh, yeah. She said, I don't get it, Lord. And it's just like the lady that had the barrel of meal and the handful. Oh, I, I'm not a millionaire, but guess what? He's able to bless me today. That's the kind of privilege. That's the favor that I feel not because of who I am, not because of the ability to live a Christian life in the midst of his strength. And I understand it's almost like the two extremes. If you go to most nonbelievers, if you go out to a restaurant today and you just ask somebody, you say, you want to go to heaven or you want to go to hell? Guess what most of them are going to say? Huh? Heaven. And if they're a non-believer you say well why (laughs) will you go to heaven and most of them are going to kind of do what the Jews did well because I'm a pretty good guy I haven't done it too much they're going to talk about what they've done and haven't done you know well I've never murdered anybody I I never stole I They're going to talk about what they've done and hopefully that we can balance the books that I'm better at this than I am the bad. That's kind of how the Jews feel. They were born in it. And so they they go, why will you go to heaven? Well, I've done my good works. The question that you should ask if they are a believer, you can say, if you pray, does God ask you, well, why should I answer your prayer? And I've had believers that have said, I don't understand. I don't understand why God hasn't done. I don't understand why. Huh? Because I've done, I've done this and I've tried to live for you and I've tried to serve you and I just don't get it. Anybody ever been there? And that's, the trick of the enemy because it's not about me. It's leaning on his righteousness. That's the gospel. Don't let the devil, if you're a believer, trick you into asking why or what it is that will help you because let me tell you something, I don't deserve anything. You remember the song? My hope is built That's it. on nothing That's it. less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust. The sweetest frame, but wholly lean. (laughs) Remember last Sunday? On Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. What are you saying? Oh, when darkness veils his lovely face, when it seems like I can't see him, when it seems like I can't touch him, when it seems like I can't feel him, I rest on his (laughs) unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale my anchor holds... Within the veil, that veil that was rent on Calvary. When I mean when Jesus died on Calvary, that veil that was torn. What are you saying? Oh, the next words of it. My oh his oath, his covenant, (coughs) his blood supports me in the whelming or whelming flood when all around my soul gives way. He then is my hope and stay on Christ. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying, when he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless. That's why, that's why we we talk and encourage you come pray through, get in the altar worship God. Oh, you can you know don't don't ever feel like oh well I, I don't need this this is something else I I I I I know the uh, I mentioned uh, a couple of uh, groups <laughs> the, the Kiwanis, and I was gonna say JCs and I said Jacuzzis and and and. And, and everybody blew up the phone. They were excited that there's a new jacuzzi club. I, I don't know about it. Maybe there is. But I wanted to say the JCs, but the point of it is. It's not a club. This is plunging into the righteousness of God. When I realize, you know what? The difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector, every Sunday that I come into this house, every Sunday night, every Wednesday, I need to come in with this notion in my mind and heart Lord, I need another touch. I need another blessing. I need to plunge inside to your presence. I need you to flow through me. That's what the whole story of Luke the 18th chapter was all about, the Pharisee and the tax collector. Why? Because every time I come, Lord, be merciful, once again, it's not about who I am. It's not about what I have. It's not about why you need to do this for me, but it's on Christ the solid rock I stand. I'm leaning on him. I'm leaning on his presence. I'm leaning on his spirit. I don't know what you may be going through. I don't know where you are. But I'm going to tell you, you can't get yourself out of it. But you can get yourself into him. And he will get you out of it. The key is to get into him and let him flow through you. Let's stand. Oh, hallelujah.